This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning. This is Marsha Davis. We have been looking at the Gospel of John, interpreting it as proclaiming the Gospel of non-duality. In the first chapter we have been looking at, there's a lot of emphasis on who Jesus is. In the opening words of the Gospel, Jesus is described as the Word and as God and life and light. And that is followed up by the testimony of John the Baptist, who calls Jesus the Lamb of God and the Son of God. These were all statements that people made about Jesus, but Jesus himself does not claim any of those titles for himself. Instead, Jesus encourages what we might call direct inquiry or a direct path of spiritual inquiry into his nature, and our nature. He encourages people to see for themselves. One day John the Baptist was with two of his disciples and he saw Jesus walk by and exclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God. I can imagine Jesus saying under his breath, Give me a break, John. Will you stop saying these things about me? Anyway, John's two disciples take notice and they follow Jesus down the road. Jesus turns around and says, what do you want? And they answer, Rabbi, yet another title, which means teacher. Rabbi, where are you staying? Jesus responds, come and see. That response, come and see, is more than just an offhand comment. It is his approach to the spiritual quest, not only in the Gospel of John, but in the other Gospels as well. In those Gospels, Jesus refuses to tell people who he is. Biblical scholars refer to this pattern in the Gospel of Mark as the Messianic secret. The disciples and others have to figure it out for themselves. Here in this story in John's Gospel, it says that two disciples, one of whom is later identified as Andrew, followed Jesus to where he was staying, and they spend the rest of the day and probably the night with him. It says that they abided with him. It even tells what time it was when they entered the house, four o'clock. Things develop pretty quickly from there. Andrew goes to get his brother Simon and brings him to Jesus. Jesus takes a look at him and promptly gives him the nickname, Cephas or Peter, which means rock. You wonder what it was about him that prompted this nickname. I picture him as the character Rocky, played by Sylvester Stallone in the Rocky movies. He seems to be the same type of guy to me, not the smartest guy in the world, but sincere. The next day, 
Jesus invites Philip to be his disciples with the, with the simple words, follow me. Philip goes off to find one of his friends named Nathaniel, saying to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of, of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel says to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip says to him, Come and see. Same words that Jesus uses. So Philip comes and sees. Let me read you the short encounter uh, between Nathaniel and Jesus. It's easier than trying to retell it in my own words. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel, his more titles. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That last statement is a reference to a story about Jacob in the book of Genesis, who had an awakening experience. Back in that story, Jacob had a vision of a stairway between heaven and earth with angels going up and down upon it. And the story says that Jacob woke up and exclaimed, God is surely in this place and I did not know it. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Jesus was saying here that such an awakening experience lay ahead for Nathaniel. The fact that Nathaniel was under a tree is symbolic of the Axis Mundi and the tree of life. It's like the Bodhi tree and the cross, which are all symbols of spiritual awakening. Back to the titles now. Jesus was not into titles. He avoided titles, would not admit to them, even when he was on trial for his life. He avoided answering direct questions about who he claimed to be. But Christians have gotten very caught up in titles for Jesus. In fact, Christians go so far as to say that you have to believe certain titles for Jesus, that you have to call him Son of God, and God the Son, and Christ, and Lord, and Savior, and even Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In our story, Jesus is called Master, and Teacher, and Rabbi, and Anointed One, and King of Israel. But Jesus does not call himself any of these terms. Titles, and names, and labels, and the theology that comes with them does not bring us any closer to the identity of Jesus. In fact, they are distractions and can stand in the way of seeing who Jesus is. We think we might know Jesus just because we can use the theologically correct words. When it comes to the identity of Jesus, Jesus simply says, come and see. This is direct inquiry. Non-duality talks a lot about 
self-inquiry, knowing who we are. And certainly we have that also in the Gospel of John. John the Baptist goes into self-inquiry big time. But here it is about Christ inquiry or God inquiry. The Gospel of non-duality is not about accepting what other people say about us or God or Jesus. That's all secondhand. It's about coming and seeing for oneself. It is significant that the original two disciples come and see. And it says that they abided with him. We find that same language of abiding in the wonderful story of the two disciples, maybe the same two disciples, who met Jesus on the Emmaus Road on Easter Day, but did not recognize him. They came to their house, and because it was getting late, they invited the stranger to abide with them, as was the custom in the Middle East. And he did. And in abiding with him, they recognized him. It's a wonderful Christian hymn about this. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O oh, thou who changeth not, abide with me. Abiding with Christ or abiding in Christ is the Christian way of talking about abiding with the one who changeth not, abiding in the eternal, abiding in awareness. Right beneath the surface of the Gospel of John, there are these repeated references to what we know as unitive awareness. There seems to be something simply about abiding in Christ's presence which communicates or imparts the grace of divine awareness. It is this experience of grace that then prompted people to give titles to Jesus. But it's not about the titles. It's about the kingdom of God, which is better translated maybe the divine realm. It's about the presence of God that was experienced in Jesus' presence. Jesus imparts this unitive awareness to those who follow him. I have an icon of Christ Pantocrator that was made for me and given to me as a gift by an Eastern Orthodox iconographer that I know. She made it for me as a way of thanking me for my spiritual leadership in this community. And I was blessed to receive this gift and as a place of honor in my home. This icon, like all icons, have a background that is layered with gold leaf that shines whenever you look at it. The image of the icon is of Jesus. But what grabs my attention is the gold background behind Jesus.
that communicates the divine spaciousness, which is the true nature of Christ. So it's not about the image of Jesus as much as it is about the divine spacious presence from which the image emerges. This icon is a reminder that this divine spaciousness can be seen at all times, in all things. There is the divine reality from which all things come. This is our true nature. This is what the person of Jesus Christ pointed to. In the spiritual search, people come looking for something or someone. When we see, then it's not about someone or something. It simply is. I am the ground of being, being itself. We look to Jesus to lead us to this. Along the way, we get caught up in titles and names for Jesus and ideas about who Jesus is and all the theology that comes along with that, that the church gets wrapped up in. I encourage you not to get caught up in that and get distracted by that because it's really about abiding in Christ. If you want to know eternal life, if you want to know Christ, if you want to know yourself, then come and see. When one inquires directly, then divine reality, what Jesus calls eternal life or the kingdom of God, is revealed. That's it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.